Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsOnt.com. I am your host, Evan Grote. Back at it after a little vacation time for me and the family. It's been about two weeks since we last spoke, but I had to get out the cold temperatures, you know, here in the Northeast. It gets tough on you here this time of year. The gray skies, the the, the weather really starts to wear on you. I was out there snow blowing this morning. Um, so it's not very uncommon for people around here this time of year to, to get away for a week or two. And that's just what we did here during the president's week, uh, with school closed. And as you know, I am a school teacher. So anyhow, as I digress, uh, I'm glad to be back here with you guys behind the mic, talking a little Raiders football things starting to heat up right now on the NFL calendar. This week is combine week, um, with all the prospects, Hopefuls to be uh, NFL players someday, coaches, general managers, scouts gather in Indianapolis. It's a very big part of the draft process for all 32 teams. Probably the most important part of this entire process that goes a little bit overlooked with all the -the on-the-field workouts and the 40-yard dashes is the interview process. You know, that is what these teams and these coaches value the most is being able to get in front of these kids pick their brains a little bit and see, you know, what their why is, you know, what, what makes them tick? Do they love the game of football? You know, sure. It's great to see what they can do athletically on the field, you know, to get a 40 time on them, but you know, getting in front of them, you get a chance to see what's going on upstairs. And it's a huge part of, you know, having the mental capacity to play, to, to play in the NFL is is a big part of uh, of being successful. So you need to have the physical traits as well as the mental part of the game uh, that should not be overlooked. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, they both spoke with members of the media this week, and that'll be a big part of this week's show is is listening to the audio and, and making some sense of what they had to say. You know, they come from that Patriots way of conducting a press conferences. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, you know how he is in a press conference, doesn't like to give away too much. So we don't always get a lot uh, from these press conferences. But like I said, we'll try to make some sense of it. Also coming up very soon is free agency 2023. March 15th is the start of the new league year. And there's the two-day legal negotiating period that begins on March 13th where teams can begin to talk with agents of unrestricted free agents. And that's always a an exciting time of the year. And the Raiders should be players this year with the third most cap space right now of any team in the NFL at around $43.9 million at their disposal to use. And I'm going to hold off on any uh, real in-depth free agency talk. We're going to hold off to that uh, until next week. We'll get a little preview of free agency on the show next week. One of the other very important dates that you want to keep in mind as it relates to the Raiders is March 7th. That is next Tuesday. And that is when teams will have to make a decision on if they will be using the franchise tag. And we did have some breaking news on Friday. Tom Pelissero was the first to break it. 
Uh, it sounds like the Raiders have decided, Dave Ziegler has decided that they will use the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs if the two sides cannot come to an agreement on a long-term contract. It's something that we have talked about a lot on this show. It's something that we have speculated a lot on this show, and it's something that I think is a good move for the Raiders to use the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs. The number comes in at, I believe, $10.1 million. I think that's a very fair number for the Raiders, a very friendly number for the Raiders. You know, I know, uh, I, I believe the common the common uh, thought around the league with the players is that they they prefer not to be franchise tagged, and you know, so so I do uh, I do feel a bit for Josh Jacobs, the player. I know he's going to be getting a big bump in salary. He's going to be receiving you know a, a high salary for this one year, but beyond that one year, there isn't a lot of security for him, and and I think that's why the players uh, prefer that they don't get tagged. They, they would much rather have that long-term contract with the security, with the guaranteed money up front, the signing bonus money and whatnot. So um, I, I think from a business standpoint, it's a good move for the Raiders. You lock down Josh Jacobs for one more year. You keep him in the building for one more year. He's still young. I believe he'll be 25 this season, entering the prime of his career. But again, I do feel for the player, Josh Jacobs did more than enough to warrant a long-term contract extension with the team coming off an all-pro career season of 1,600 yards. He led the NFL in rushing. Uh, So, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, business, you know, it's a business, and and I and I know Josh Jacobs understands that. We heard him um, make some comments from the Pro Bowl this year where he said he would be perfectly fine being franchise tagged as long as the team was going to use some of that money to kind of spread the wealth and, and build, um, you know, a solid team around him, build that defense, um, and, and so we'll have to see if the Raiders now can do that. So those are a couple of the dates that are coming up on the calendar. Busy time of year. It all comes at you really fast, really quickly here in the next couple of months. I didn't even mention the April 17th, which is the start of uh, off-season programs for the NFL teams. And then, of course, you have the draft on uh, April 27th. So the NFL it has become a year-around league. There's always something going on to, to get you excited about, to keep the fans engaged all throughout the year. Before we jump into it, though, as I remind you every week, please go out there and subscribe to Just Pod Baby. I love, you know, seeing the audience grow. I love having you guys being a part of uh, Just Pod Baby. You know, the family here, and and so please subscribe to the, the show. Also, go out there and give me a follow on Twitter at egro Five. Okay, with that being said, we are ready to get it kicked off this week. All eyes on the NFL scouting combine this week in Indianapolis. On Thursday, we saw the defensive linemen and the linebackers hit the field with their workouts. Friday was uh, the defensive backs. And Saturday, it is the skill position players on offense with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. They will be in the spotlight. And that is what it's all about. It's all about the quarterbacks. That is the day. Saturday is the day that Raiders fans will be tuning in to see the quarterbacks in action. Um, you know, running backs and offensive linemen, they close out the combine on Sunday. We don't want to forget about them as well. Uh, but Saturday's the day, as I said, it's, it's, it's about the quarterbacks here this week on the show. Bryce Young will not throw. He will wait until his pro day, but the other big three Stroud, Levis and Richardson, they will be competing. And that is what we want to see. Now, before I move into the quarterbacks, I do want to comment on a couple of the other performances that we saw uh, over the course of the first two days 
Uh, we saw some really big men moving really fast uh, on on Thursday, the first day of the combine. You had the kid out of Northwestern whose first and last name I'm going to uh, <laughs> not try to pronunciate, uh, but he uh, 288 pound uh, defensive lineman from Northwestern. I believe he ran like a four five or four four nine something along those lines. It was just incredible to see guys his size move that fast. Um, you also had the defensive lineman from Pitt. Uh, I believe the last name is Clancy or Clancy. He had an excellent forty time as well. A um, couple other players that I thought did really well for themselves. Uh, Luke Ness, Luke Van Ness from Iowa, uh, edge player, really tested well at the combine. And then the one that I want to talk about from Friday was uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Uh, quarterback, cornerback number one, excuse me, on most of the big boards out there. Really, really uh, helped himself out. I think he solidified himself as a top 10 pick with that performance at 6'1 and 6'1 and a half, 197 pounds. Uh, ran real fast and he looks like he's very well put together and, and um, you know the tape the tape shows that as well as, as far as combining what you saw in the combine with the tape it, it's all there for that guy so definitely an option for the Raiders should they miss out on one of those quarterbacks that's something we'll get into a little bit later on but back to the quarterbacks you know you don't want to make too much of it you know we're talking about throwing to wide receivers that they've never worked with before Obviously, there's no defensive players out there. No, there's no pass rush. They're in shorts and a t-shirt. But nonetheless, this is something that is a fun part of the process. You get the chance to see these guys go out there and let it rip. I do expect all four quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks that I mentioned, to test well. I'm particularly interested to see some of the numbers from C.J. Stroud. I want to see the 40 time. The broad, the vertical, the three cone. I want to see how explosive of an athlete that he is. Um, I don't share some of those concerns with Will Levis or or Richardson, obviously, as I do with Shroud in the athleticism department. We all know that the mo- the mobility that uh, Bryce Young uh, possesses, his ability to make plays off script and outside the structure of the uh, of the offense. But that is one of the question marks that you have with C.J. Stroud is the mobility. And I did just see here as I'm sitting here recording on Saturday morning, uh, popped up on my phone, they do have the official measurements for uh, Bryce Young coming in at just over 5'10 and and, uh, 204 pounds. And that's something that is going to be scrutinized here over the next uh, month and a half leading up to the draft is his size and whether or not that is going to be something that would you know hinder his ability at the NFL level. So that's something I wanted to uh, toss out there as I saw it pop up on my phone. But getting back to C.J. Stroud and his mobility, you know, can he make the throws while on the move? And he's is he going to be willing to to be more? Uh, you know, willing to, to take off and run if he needs to. Now, if you pop on the Georgia tape, you saw him put on this entire skill set. It was all on display. It was his best game ever, you know, of his career. Multiple times using his legs to extend plays. I believe he rushed for 34 yards in that game. And um, but outside of that game, there there really wasn't a ton of that on his tape. And it's something that. Um, you know, I'm not going to be overly concerned about, but it's it's certainly something that when you look at today's NFL quarterbacks, the elite level guys are the ones that use their legs 
to make some plays. You know, the Josh Allens, Joe Burrows, the Herberts, the Mahomes, and Hurts. Now, I know those are the elite guys, but even a guy, you know, still at this point in his career, like Aaron Rodgers, um, who, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not elite still. I didn't have his best year last year, but not a quarterback that I consider to be a running quarterback, but has the instincts and the mobility and, and you know, he he he's always been the type of quarterback that can buy himself time, extend plays, and pick up first downs with his legs. So that's something you, you'd want to see from Stroud. Um, as I said, though, I do expect the top quarterbacks to test well, to look great throwing the ball. Levis and Richardson, they have cannons for arms, so I'm sure they're going to be showing off their arm strength, and I'm sure Stroud, uh, you know, he can make all the throws with accuracy, so that's something that you know, we're all going to be watching for on Saturday afternoon. Now, Josh McDaniels, he did take the podium this week in Indianapolis, and he was asked about his thoughts on this year's quarterbacks class. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. The draft class here, um, there's, it's a lot of different skill sets, um, you know, and, um, you know, it's, and I think there's some depth to it too. Um, I've looked at a number of them so far. I'm going to continue to do that with Dave uh, in our group. Um, but I think there's depth to the class. I think there's some people that are, uh, you know, more pocket passers. I think there's some guys that can really do some things with their legs, uh, extend plays. You could probably use that as part of your offensive weaponry. Um, but they're they're all a little different. They really are, and so. Um, that's a good thing, you know, because you know you can you can kind of see how they may fit into your system, and then you might tweak your system to fit some things that you hadn't had in it before. So, um, you know, excited. I'm going to get an opportunity tonight. It'll be my first opportunity to sit face to face with a number of them um, in our interview process, and uh, we're excited to get that process started. Now, I haven't begun my deep dive yet into the draft. I'm going to wait until after the start of free agency to do that, at least until the first wave of free agency is complete. But Josh McDaniel's there. You heard him say he's impressed with the depth of the class. And I I think we could see four quarterbacks go in the top 10 uh, to 15 picks, and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see three of them gone by the time the Raiders select at pick seven. And and that's why, I, I at this point in time, I, I think that if they want to get in play for one of the big three, which in, in according to my rankings, I have Young, Stroud, and Levis, then the Raiders are going to have to find a way to get into that top five. I think that's what it's going to take to get one of those guys. Uh, but getting back to the depth of the class, it, it's, you know, beyond that big three, then you have Anthony Richardson, who I believe is still going to go in the top you know, 10 to 15 picks. I expect his stock to rise here following um, the 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 uh, combine, you know, with his athleticism. He's a wild card to me. He's very difficult to project. Matt Miller um, and of, uh, of ESPN reported that he's he's been crushing the interview process, that according to people from around the league that he has spoke to, he has been the best quarterback interview in Indy. And, and, and that should definitely help his stock as well. We know the, the skill set is intriguing. Um, you know, you see those splash plays on the on the highlight reels. My preference is that the Raiders avoid making him the pick. 
I know that there's a lot of people out there who will disagree with me. I was discussing it this week with some people on Twitter about Richardson. The hype on him is is really, really building with the media. And as I said, I get it. You you see those highlight clips out there on Twitter and you know the big arm, you see the big runs, the mobility, the size at 6'4", 232 pounds. It's easy to get excited about those things, but he's still very, very raw at the position, in my opinion. He made only 12 starts this year at Florida. Last year, he played in three games, um, so not a lot of experience there. Uh, Struggled with accuracy, completed only 53% of his passes this past season. So those are things that has me worried. Um, If you're drafting him in round one, especially in the top 15, you must believe in that talent. And you must believe in your coaching staff that you can bring the best out of this kid and that you can get him to reach that that ceiling um, that is is out there for him. And I think it's risky. I think it's a risky move. I think all these picks are risky. I mean, it's the draft. We know that there is no sure thing in the draft, particularly when it comes to this year's quarterback class. you know, I, I had the conversation just a couple of weeks ago with Trevor Sigma from Pro Football Focus, and that is one of the things that he mentioned about comparing this year's quarterback class to quarterback classes that we've seen in the past is that there is no sure thing. There is no Joe Burrow, you know, there that 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 surefire number one pick guy who you can, you know, sit back and, and sleep like a baby with. It's just not there. Even with your top quarterback on the board, Bryce Young, there's a lot of question marks there. So I'm definitely going to be spending some more time over the course of the next month looking into you know the, these quarterbacks. Another quarterback that is drawing a lot of um, chatter amongst Raider Nation is Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, I think he's a, a, another player kind of like Richardson who has the fan base kind of split. Many, um, you know, amongst the fan base, they love Hendon Hooker. I know Vic Tafer of The Athletic is a fan. He's talked a lot about him, how he thinks he's a, a player that the Raiders could maybe wait on and draft in a later round. I've got a slightly different opinion of, of Hendon Hooker. I just have major concerns coming off the ACL, and I know that ACL injuries nowadays are, are not what they used to be. It, they've become much more routine as far as the recovery and, and the rehab. Uh, but the age, he is 25. Um, he's going to need a red shirt year in, in his rookie year, recovering from the injury. You're talking about a quarterback who will be going into his second year at the age of 26. Another big concern for me is 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 transitioning from the scheme that he played under with Josh Heupel at Tennessee. Um, I'm not sure if the word gimmicky is fair, but... Um, and then adjusting, adjusting and transitioning to a NFL-style offense, much different than what he saw um, in college. So those are some concerns. I know he's a great kid. I hear nothing but great things in, in, in terms of his leadership qualities. Um, but to use a first-round pick on, on a player like him, to me, I would be very hesitant to do that, especially, obviously, at pick seven. If they were to trade back, I know there's a lot of people suggesting out there that they would trade back possibly into the middle of the first round or even late into the first round, possibly two trade backs. Um, I, I still think that's a bit risky. Even in the second round, to me, I think that's a little bit rich. With all the holes that are on this roster, um, to use a selection on a you know 25-year-old quarterback coming off an ACL injury, to me, that's a bit risky.
Tanner McKee, another kid from Stanford. Uh, a lot of people talking about, a lot of people like him as a late round option. Um, Jake Hayner, you know, the Fresno State had a really good week at the Senior Bowl, was the game's MVP. So there is some depth out there, six or seven quarterbacks that you feel you feel pretty comfortable with. Um, you know, again, outside that top three guys, um, I'm a little bit less bullish on some of the guys in that four to seven range. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, as I mentioned, there isn't a surefire number one guy uh, that you can just, um, you know, plug and play, I would say, um, like a Joe Burrow, uh, like a Justin Herbert that we've seen in, in, in past years. And I, I think one of the things that we're seeing with this year's quarterback class is because there isn't, uh, you know, it's not an unbelievable quarterback class as a whole. I think because of that, you're seeing some of these guys like a Will Levis, like a Anthony Richardson, get pushed up a little bit more than they would be in, in past drafts just because of the lack of elite talent uh, at the quarterback position. Now, the next piece of audio that I want to share with you is again from Josh McDaniels on the goal of, of finding a long-term option at quarterback. I mean, I think there's always urgency at that position. Um, you know, look, the, the, the goal for us eventually is to have somebody that's going to be here for a long time. I think that, um, you know, you see the teams that are having success right now uh, in our league, I would say in our conference and specifically in our division. Um, you know, they're young players that were drafted by their clubs and they're being developed there um, under the same continuity. Uh, and so... I think that eventually, yes. Um, do I think you, you know, you have to do that if you're not sure or not sold on the player, and now you're making a mistake just to try to say that you're solving a problem? I don't think that's really a smart decision. Um, so we're going to do everything we can do to evaluate every player at that position, both in the draft uh, and free agency, and try to do what we can do to improve the room. I mean, there's certainly going to be a number of players added at that position. Uh, right now, only Chase Garbers is under contract. So um, we'll, we'll look at everything we can look at. Uh, but the goal eventually is to try to have a young player here that's going to be a Raider for a long time. So I personally like the thinking here with, with those comments. And I know previously I was banging the table pretty hard for Tom Brady before he decided to retire. But I was always in the belief that even if you brought in Tom Brady through free agency, that the Raiders still had to go out there and, and draft a young quarterback, even if that meant the first round pick that you could bring in and then develop him as your long-term option. And this also supports the idea that I have had that I, I don't think the Raiders should go out there and trade for Aaron Rodgers. I still keep hearing, you know, chatter about this. Because it, it just in my opinion, I don't think it's, you know, you don't want to give up the draft capital. I still think it's going to take at least a first and a second round pick to do that, to get that done. You will no longer be able to use an early round pick on a quarterback. Now you're looking at maybe a, a mid to late round pick to draft a quarterback. Now, we know the likelihood of that hitting and becoming a franchise quarterback is is slim. Could it happen? Sure. But the chances, the percentages definitely go down. And clearly, McDaniels definitely wants a young player at this point that he can bring in and develop and hopefully will become the answer at the position uh, for the Raiders for years to come. Now, here's the question that I want you guys to chew on a little bit. And I put it out there on Twitter just the other day, um, had some good responses there, and I'll, I'll share a couple of those responses. 
what if the Raiders are unable to land one of their top three quarterbacks on their board? They're sitting there at pick seven. They miss out on the top three quarterbacks that they like. They don't love, let's say, let's say Richardson's fourth on their board. They don't love him that much. And, you know, who knows? I don't know how their their board is, is set up. I'm making this stuff up. But how likely is it that they pass on a quarterback in round one and then just decide to draft the best player available on their board? Maybe it's a cornerback. I mentioned Christian Gonzalez. How long has it been since the Raiders have had a legitimate shutdown cornerback? Was it Namdi Asamoah? Was was he the last time they had a a true shutdown corner? It's been way too long. They need one. Maybe it's a defensive lineman. Who knows with Jalen Carter? I mean, you know, he's he's under the microscope right now with some of his off the field troubles. Uh, it's possible his 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 draft stock takes a little bit of a hit here. Would the Raiders? Should the Raiders? Um, get involved in that. I don't really know at this point. I haven't really dug into that whole situation, to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe it's an offensive tackle that falls to them, you know, that they really like. You know, I'm just saying, is it a given that the Raiders draft a quarterback in round one? I don't think it is. I think McDaniels and Ziegler, they have security with their job. I believe Mark Davis is giving them time to see this rebuild all the way through. So I don't think there's any pressure there on them to have to draft a quarterback early in this year's draft. So if they pass on a quarterback in round one, maybe they decide they're going to roll with the Jarrett Stidham. Perhaps it's a Jimmy Garoppolo. And they could decide to draft one in round two or three. And if they find themselves and that doesn't work out, you know, they have another losing season. They find themselves in this position again next year. You take another swing at it again in 2024, where we know at least very, very, very early on, there's at least two guys who are considered to be a little bit more elite with Caleb Williams and the kid out of North Carolina. But for me, I just get the impression, and, and based on the comments that we just heard, that they are not going to force it. They're they're just not going to force it. If there's a guy there that they you know, believe that they, that they believe in, they're going to take them. And if, and if there's a guy that they, they have fallen in love with, then I believe that they're going to be aggressive and go up and get them and execute a trade. But I just don't get the sense that they feel the pressure to have to find their guy this year. Now, again, we don't know who they like, who they dislike, how they have them stacked up, but um, you know, if they feel it's necessary to go up and get a guy, then I, I believe Ziegler has shown that he's willing to be aggressive and, uh, you know, you got to keep in mind, there's also a bunch of other teams that are going to be looking to grab some of these players too. So it should be interesting to see how this draft plays out. Uh, getting over to the Twitter question that I put out there, got a couple of really good responses. I want to share some of those with you right now. Let's start with, uh, this one from the evil Zild. Uh, from Toledo, Ohio, he says, absolutely, in all capitals, fine with going best defensive player available in first round. Trade back and get our guy plus extra pick would be icing on the cake. So yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised by the number of responses that I got with people that would be okay with, you know, not selecting a quarterback. Um, 
Here's another one from Andrew G. Uh, he's from London, England. Uh, Andrew says, I think McZiegler and uh, McZiegler, yeah, that's the nickname that they have now, will sign two veteran quarterbacks before the draft. That way they won't feel forced to overdraft at quarterback. And I, I agree with you. You heard McDaniels talk about that the fact they only have one quarterback on the roster right now under contract who is Chase Garber. So they're definitely going to be doing some work there um, uh, with at the quarterback position. We got another uh, another comment here from Vegas Raider 76. Uh, Vegas Raider 76 says, if they don't, I won't be mad at them. Getting someone like Gonzalez or Carter but it should be best player available. They could still pick up someone like McKee or Hooker in their later rounds. Yes, I got a lot of comments about um, Hendon Hooker and McKee. A lot of a lot of Raider fans seem to be uh, pretty high on some of these players that I just mentioned. Uh, another response here from RCR uh, underscore R8R. Uh, from Southern California, he says no cornerback or defense or excuse me offensive line. The defensive line and linebacker are the biggest needs. Trade back and get some capital if their guy is not in the top ten. Don't reach like the two previous regimes. So there you go. I, I think I slightly disagree with you there though about your comments that that the linebacker is one of the biggest positions of need. I think I think cornerback definitely is more of a need than the linebacker for the Raiders. But anyhow, I want to thank all of you there for, for uh, participating in the Twitter question of the week. Uh, always appreciate uh, hearing from you guys. All right, we're going to keep the show moving here. We're going to go one long segment. I'm not going to take a break today. Um, so sit back and relax here. We're going to keep it moving. Um, we're going to move into some of the comments now from Dave Ziegler and his time meeting with the media this week. Uh, we're going to start the, the first piece of audio that we're going to listen to is um, he was asked about bringing in a young quarterback and already kind of having the pieces in place as, as far as weapons are concerned, being surrounded by a Darren Waller, uh, possibly a Josh Jacobs if they do decide to use the franchise tag on him, a Devontae Adams and a Hunter Renfro, and how that could possibly set up a young quarterback to be successful. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I would say if you were just looking at the support part of that, you would say, yeah, there's a lot of support there for someone to succeed. I think it really ends up being an individual case by case thing because it it's really depends on the, the, the person and what they're ready for. Because if they're not ready to take advantage of all those weapons because they're not ready for the responsibilities of being an NFL quarterback, then, you know, then the weapons are null and void. And so in theory, yes. There's a lot of weapons there, but I think it, again, it comes back to the individual and what they're ready for. So there you heard from Dave Ziegler. And I think, I think it was a really good point that he made there that it, it depends on the individual. Now, if you look at some of the quarterbacks and I'm going to go back to those top three or four guys again, for this example, I think you can look at two players in this year's draft that are, I would consider them to be able to, to come right in and play year one. I think Bryce Young, you can plug him in this year as a Raider, and he can play. He, he's ready. C.J. Stroud is the other one. I think you could plug him in right now as the Raiders' starting quarterback next season. Now, I don't know how the coaches feel about that. That's just my opinion. When you look at a Will Levis and you look at an Anthony Richardson, those are two guys who, in my opinion, if you draft either one of those guys, you're sitting them. You're, you're going to sit them 
for you know several weeks until they can get up to speed um, you know, with things. Now, I know what Levis comes from an NFL-style offense, but I still think he has a lot he needs to work on as far as accuracy is concerned. Um, the same with Richardson. But, and this is why, you know, and I and I, and I I know good friends of our show here, my buddies Scott Gilbranson and Mo Moten, they're, they're really banging the table for C.J. Stroud, and, and I think it makes a lot of sense because he is the most, along with Bryce Young, he is the most... NFL-ready quarterback right now. So he allows you to bring in that young quarterback that will be around for years and years, hopefully, and still win now. He allows you to accomplish that goal. So I I, I agree with those guys, Scott Gilbranson and Mo Moten with Silver and Black today. I agree that if there is a guy that they have to go up and get, it should be C.J. Stroud. Not that I'm against Bryce Young, but I don't. Th- I think they're going to have to get to the first pick if you want to get Bryce Young. And I'd, I'd rather they don't give up all of that draft capital to make that move. I think they could trade up, give up a little bit less to get a C.J. Stroud, who's a guy I think will be very, very successful in the NFL. So that's why I believe right now, where I stand right now on March uh, fourth Saturday morning here is it, it has to be CJ Stroud. And if you miss out on CJ Stroud, if you wait and Will Levis falls to you at pick seven, fine. I'd be okay with that being the pick, but I don't think they should be doing any kind of trading up to get a guy like, like Will Levis. I would be okay with a trade up for a Bryce Young or a, um, or, or a CJ Stroud because of what Ziegler just said, yeah, there's plenty of weapons there on this Raiders offense, and I think that C.J. Stroud could step right in, and I think Bryce Young could step right in and and, and be very successful with a Devontae Adams, a Hunter Renfro, a Darren Waller, and a Josh Jacobs. So those are some of my thoughts on that, and I know there's been a lot of quarterback talk, but as I told you at the top of the show, Saturday is the quarterback's day at the Combine, so we're going to go real quarterback heavy here with our conversation, but guess what? I do want to change topics real quick for our last uh, piece of audio here. We're going to talk a little defense now, because you know what? It really doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Raiders next year. If they don't improve this defense, they're going to continue to struggle. And I and I, I do believe that um, th- this is going to be a year where Ziegler, he's going to put an emphasis on trying to improve and, and rebuild this defense. I, I do think there will be an effort made. Uh, it may not all come together this year, but in the next couple of years, I, I do expect to see some improvements with this defense. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to play some audio. Ziegler was asked about how he prefers his philosophy of building the defense. Is it from the the back end up or is it from the inside out? And we're going to take a listen to that comment right now. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think that um, I've always been in in a belief when you're talking about the defensive side of the football of, of, I'd say, building it inside out. I think having a, a strong defensive line sets the tone for the rest of the defense. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you can find a good player that you're going to have to draft a good player. You know, we've talked about drafting the best available, the best available players. But I think having a, a deep um, defensive line that can disrupt, you know, that you can um, run in waves and things of that nature. And, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do to get to that point. Um, but if I was going to kind of lean one way, I would say that would be, um, you know, where I would start from a building standpoint. 
All right, so there we heard Dave Ziegler talking about his philosophy of how he'd prefer to build a defense, and I would be on board with with that. Starting in the trenches, starting on the the defensive line, building this defense from the the inside out. I think it's important that they do that, and I'm hoping that he really does make that happen. I just talked about cornerback and and how long it has been since they had a legitimate shutdown cornerback. It's also been a very long time since the Raiders have had a a presence on the interior part of the defense that can they can, you know, stuff the run, that can generate pressure and they need it so badly. We saw the difference it made when they brought in Jerry Tillery late in the season. He really helped improve not only the pass rush from the inside, but uh, he helped out Chandler Jones. I think that's when Chandler Jones started to take a big step forward late in the season. And, you know, we know what Max Crosby can do. So uh, definitely think that would be a good route to go. And it it does make you wonder a little bit about Jalen Carter. Should he fall to them at pick seven? Which, again, I have not dug into the whole scenario going on with him and his, his off-the-field troubles. Um, I'm going to have to read up on that a little bit more before I start, you know, saying the Raiders should draft him or not. But um, he's, he's the number one player on some draft boards. Who knows what could happen here? But, um, you know, you also have that Brian Barisi from Clemson is a guy who, you know, was highly touted, um, dealt with some, again, some off the field stuff with, with his family, didn't quite live up to the potential that People thought he would, you know, reach at the college level, but there, there's some pretty good defensive linemen. We talked about Benton out of Wisconsin um, during our Senior Bowl week episode. So there's a couple of intriguing defensive linemen here uh, in the draft. Not necessarily guys that you have to use your first round draft pick on to get. Um, and then we talked up a couple weeks ago about some of the free agents. Um, that I had highlighted on my list. Deron Payne was one of them. He was franchise tagged this week. Hargrave from Philadelphia. Uh, we're going to get more in-depth with our free agency talk, as I said, uh, next week. But certainly, if you want to build a top-tier defense, starting with the defensive line is where you want to get it done. You look at what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do this year with their defense. It all started for them with that front seven. They had just, just you know, guy after guy after guy that they could they could bring in um plenty of depth there along that defensive line guys who could get after the quarterback and that and that makes a huge difference and then if you can get a couple decent cover guys on the back end you know not your defense is going to get better in a hurry if you can do that all right so no doubt about it it is a big off season for this franchise there's a lot of holes on the roster that need to be filled none more important than the quarterback. It's going to be a fun next couple of the weeks for the fans. I'm looking forward to covering it all for you. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, Just Pod Baby. And uh, that is the show for this week, Raider Nation. So I hope you enjoyed it. Saturday at the Combine gets started here in a couple of hours. Enjoy it. I will be back next week with a preview of NFL Free Agency and, of course, all of the news from the week. Until then, I am your host, Evan Grote. Take care, everyone. And as always, just win, baby.